With its collective influence on humanity's spiritual growth, religion has enriched almost every world culture. It is ironic, however, that often our practice of religious belief can become mundane or inattentive and lose its primary purpose of spiritual fulfillment. Let's focus a little on men and women who have aspired to incredible heights of this same spiritual fulfillment. One noteworthy characteristic of these aspirants is that as they progressed their philosophical understanding, as they mastered their practice of religious rituals, and especially as they detached themselves from the more mundane aspects of life, they continually built upon their personal relationship with God, the divinity that pervades and sustains all of creation. This palpable and reliable two-way relationship with God is worthy of our attention and endeavor. And this relationship of great consequence often begins with the simple act of prayer. A few years ago, I was fortunate enough to have had the chance to speak to a devout young Hindu who had emigrated to the United States during his secondary schooling. He was gracious enough to share a very personal and uplifting experience that has long left a deep impression on me. He told me a little about his history, how upon graduation he gained great confidence through his career and from the salary he earned. He was proud of knowing that his parents were now, in a sense, living with him rather than the other way around. It was fulfilling to have had the chance to support them and to provide them the opportunity to enjoy their retirement. During the financial crisis of 2008, he lost his employment. Early on, he wasn't worried as he was confident that there was still a strong market for his skill set. But soon, the silence from prospective employers became worrisome. The family was completely dependent on him. Each passing month depleted his savings at an alarming rate. He was still single at the time, and he didn't want to worry his parents. He felt as though he didn't have someone with whom he could share his troubles. And so he buried the stress and burden of the crisis deep inside. Fear and uncertainty took its toll. Happiness, it seemed, had long left him. Then, one day, tired from the lack of success in his efforts to find work, he simply sat in front of an image of God that he offered devotion to every day. Not angry, but distraught, frustrated, and defeated. He didn't know what words to say. He just sat and bared his soul to God. In that moment of great personal grief, he gave himself to God, and as a result, unknowingly, welcomed God's compassion and grace. As tears streamed from his eyes, he felt something he had never felt before in so many years as a practicing Hindu. In that moment of complete surrender, he felt God hold his hand as if to say, everything will be okay. And that was all he would need. It would be another month or so before he actually landed a job that, in fact, exceeded his expectations. However, as he recalls, it was a courage gained 
from that subtle moment that saved him from persistent cynicism or developing a victim complex. Let us recall the story of a famous and miraculous prayer inspired by an infamous incident from the Mahabharata. Rakhusham Hari Lajja Meri Rakhusham Hari Kini Kathin Dushasan Mose Grahi Kesho Pakari Lajja meri rakho sham hari Aage sabha mein Dushht duriyodhan Chahat nagan kari Paancho pandav सब बलहारे पांचों पांडव सब बलहारे तीन सौ का छुनसरी लज्जा मेरी राखो शाम हरी भीष्म द्रोण विदुर भये विस्मय तीन सब मौन धरी अब नहीं मात पिता सुत बांधव अब नहीं मात पिता सुत बांधव एक टेक तुम्हारी लज्जा मेरी राखो शाम हरी राखो शाम हरी लज्जा मेरी राखो शाम हरी During the Pandavas' visit to Hastinapur, although the Kauravas had gone out of their way to express their hospitality, both sides understood that this was simply a matter of formality. The Pandavas and especially Draupadiji eagerly looked forward to returning to their own palaces and kingdom. Duryodhana's invitation to a friendly game of dice didn't have any appeal. Even so, Yudhishthir entertained Duryodhana's invite. Meanwhile, Draupadiji lounged comfortably in her private, luxurious quarters. Still reveling, perhaps, in the recent memory of how the Pandavas had successfully performed the Rajasuya Yagna. Every notable ruler of the known world had endorsed this event as Yudhishthir and Draupadiji had been recognized as emperor and empress. This only added to the many accolades already enjoyed by one of history's most renowned women. Suddenly, an attendant drew Draupadiji's attention to the entrance of her apartment. One of Duryodhan's servants was standing there nervously. He said to her, Draupadi, you are Duryodhan's slave. 
Your husband has feverishly gambled and lost everything, including you, to the Kauravas. You are now wanted by your Lord and Master, Duryodhan. It seems impossible to understand the shock of that event. How, with just a few words, everything could turn to dust. From quite literally having conquered the world to being subjugated to humiliation at the hands of your worst enemy. Draupadiji was incredibly strong and intelligent. She refused to give in to these demands. She, she demanded answers to poignant questions before she would give in to this ridiculous demand of Duryodhan. Duryodhan, annoyed by her refusal to comply, sent Dushasan to compel her to present herself to her master. Relishing his role as an untamed beast, Dushasan entered stormed into Draupadi's private chambers and brutally dragged her all the way from her apartment into the assembly hall by her hair. Draupadi's tears and screams for help shifted to anger and indignation. Staring daggers at her woefully apathetic husbands, Draupadi turned her wrath to the family elders like Bhishma and Dronacharya, demanding that they consider what was lawful, ethical, or even reasonable. Even in desperation, her arguments were clear. Her reasoning was sound. Unfortunately, by then, integrity had long left that assembly. Her words were lost in a void. Her efforts were countered by vulgar taunts by Duryodhan, Karna, and Shakuni. Draupadi chastised those who knew this was wrong and yet did nothing to stop it. She swore they would all regret what they allowed to happen. Duryodhan's father, the blind king, who to that point passively relished his son's apparent victory, woke from his stupor, fearful of Draupadi's threat. Not enough, however, to prevent what would happen next. At the pinnacle of his ignorance, Duryodhan made a lewd and public gesture aimed at Draupadi. Karna demanded that all of the Pandavas and their wife be made to stand before their new master, Duryodhan, in a manner befitting their new status as slaves, separated from their opulent attire. Five brothers dutifully removed their garments and stood defeated. Dushasarn began to forcefully yank at the singular stretch of cloth now covering Draupadiji. She resisted with every ounce of strength she had remaining. As defeat was upon her, Draupadiji's mind went to Krishna. The name rolled off her lips in a way it had never done before. And there, in the presence of dozens of witnesses, an inexplicable occurrence took place right in front of them. As Dushasan successfully pulled yards and yards of cloth off of her, Draupadi remained completely clothed. This miracle brought relief to some, but to those with evil intentions... It sprout fear and angst. When the blind king heard what had happened, he suddenly apologized to Draupadiji and fiend grace upon her, promising whatever she wanted, all the while begging her to forget what had happened that day, to return home free of any grudges. But let's revisit Draupadiji's miracle, her moment with God and see what the great poet Surdasji reminds us of. 
about the significance of God's response to Draupadi's desperate prayer for protection of her honor. Vasan pravah kiye karuna nidhi Vasan pravah kiye karuna nidhi Senahar pari Surisham jab siha sharan lai Surisham jab siha sharan lai Sialo se kahe dari Lajja meri rakho sham hari Rakho sham hari Lajja meri rakho sham hari From Draupadiji's perspective, the answer to her prayers didn't simply come in the form of an unending stream of cloth, one could argue that the cloth did as much to protect the onlookers in that assembly from devastating karma as it did to rescue her. That miracle belongs to Draupadi because of the realization that God was listening to her. Correspondingly, all her pain, frustration, and fear were erased. She was with God. God had accepted her. And with God's protection, with God's refuge, who could hurt her? Surdasji's point in this prayer that is voiced from Draupadiji's perspective is that when one is empowered by courage gained from God's protection, what is there left to fear? Though Draupadiji asked for something mundane, as is common in prayer, she was blessed with something sublime and of much greater benefit. Courage that comes from a relationship with God is incredibly resilient. And when this courage is sustained, it inspires one to aspire to the truly finer things in life. Mastery over our senses, our mind, and our nature. Nurturing focus on eternal rather than short-lived sources of joy and bliss. Let's consider another prayer. One voiced from the perspective of the great child devotee named Pralatji. Hari tore charanan balihari jao Lagi tori ratna mohe man me samao Lagi tori ratna mohe मन में समाओ रंग तेरा लागा जग मैंने त्यागा जन्म जन्म का 
नाता हरी से जोड़ा जन्म जन्म का नाता हरी से जोड़ा जीवन मंत्र ही मेरा हरि गुण गाओ जीवन मंत्र ही मेरा हरि गुण गाओ हरि तोरे चरण बलिहारी जाओ प्रलाजी स्टोरी इज क्वाइट फेमस इन हिंदू फोकलोर Pralaji's father Hiranyakashipu was a king quite fond of his wealth and power enough so that his quest became immortality in a mortal world in this pursuit he saw god as his enemy he hated anything that had to do with god and so it was quite unnerving to see his own son pralaji constantly engaged in this devotion though pralaji was encouraged by everyone around him his parents siblings friends teachers and community to forget about god he remained committed to his relationship with god his father infuriated at pallaji's stubbornness threatened his own son with death he attempted to have him killed in numerous ways each time pallaji miraculously lived through the ordeal until eventually god put a permanent end to hiranyakashipu's evil deeds Pleased with Pralaji's steadfast devotion, God asked him to ask for whatever he wanted. Now wise, with many lifetimes worth of experience with regards to God's protection, a young Pralaji said to God that he was thankful for God's protecting his life, but to him, true protection from God meant protection from those things that would distract his mind away from God. It is the experience of true protection of this sort sustained over time that inspires prayers that are so full of gratitude they ask for nothing except for the continued opportunity to remain devoted to God prayers infused with the wisdom that there is nothing to gain that is greater than what has been attained through association with God this is a powerful sentiment in a prayer by sadguru premanand swami one of the most prolific writers of prayers and hymns in the swaminarayan faith shri govind thakur tiharo cha kare moye dragan bhari he मोए द्रगन भरी हेरो तिहारे दरस वेते उपजत अति सुख तिहारे दरस वेते उपजत अति सुख मीटे कष्ट भव फेरो dragan bhari hero moye dragan bhari hero yah lok par lok 
जहा राखो तहा तुम स्वामी हूँ अशरण शरण प्रेमानंद के नाथ अशरण शरण प्रेमानंद के नाथ एक भरो सोतेरो एक भरो सोतेरो श्री गोविंद ठाकुर तिहारो जाख earnest heartfelt prayer is the beginning of the most beautiful relationship we will have the benefit to experience a relationship with god this profound relationship with god is crucial to our quest for spiritual fulfillment especially in today's climate of ever increasing moral dilemmas join us next week as we look again to the mahabharat to understand why this is so true thank you for your time namaste jay swaminarayan